0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a real good mood today. The, the sun is out. The temperature's on the rise. Going to try to combat that later on. Maybe jump into a pool or a pond or something. Uh, but the weekend is on its way. Fourth of July weekend. I'm very much looking forward to that. Also, I'll have you know a little bit of a personal note. My beautiful baby daughter, Piper, turns. Eight months old today. Not sure if that is really a milestone age that you celebrate, but as she's my first child, I look for every milestone there is to celebrate. She's got a tooth, too. Yeah. She's got a tooth. It's pretty good. Just one. Just one. We've, we've, we've got the little baby toothbrush for it, and we're keeping it clean. No cavities quite yet in her eight months of life. Anyway... There's a lot of ground to cover on uh, today's episode of Live Mike. I'm uh, tickled that you join us here today. Uh, later on, you're gonna. There is something that happened just this morning on the floor of the United States Senate that is. I, you're gonna remember this one. Senator Mike Lee introduced a resolution. Now, that is something that happens all the time. Resolutions are introduced. They are. They're non-binding things, right? So a resolution introduced in either the House or the Senate, it's not changing law. It's not like uh, the police someday will be enforcing these resolutions. It's very simply an opportunity taken by legislators to uh, draft in document form the will or the attitude of the major part of that body. Well, Senator Lee this morning introduced a resolution condemning mob violence. Seems pretty simple, right? In that resolution, he drew a distinction between mob violence and the peaceful exercise and lawful exercise of First Amendment rights. Now that is all straightforward stuff, right? We've been hearing that for weeks now as these demonstrations have arisen across the country. Well, Senator Lee, (laughs) Senator Lee, He presents this in such a powerful and clever way uh, that I have to play it for you, and I'll do so just after 2 o'clock today, uh, and I'll give you a little bit of a preview. He uses a phrase I have never before heard. He uses the phrase as he is uh, getting emotional in his condemnation of what he describes as, quote, bat guano-inspired insanity of mob violence in the United States. That's all coming up on the program today, later on. Uh, plus, we're going to speak with a friend of mine, Jason Rance. You've heard him here on these airwaves a number of times. He is a talk show host in Seattle, Washington, and he has been, each day, uh, covering the goings-on in that uh, CHOP, Right, That little autonomous zone or occupied place or whatever you call that six-block portion of Seattle, which was essentially commandeered and taken over by protesters. Well, there have been some changes up there. You heard yesterday the mayor has decided to undo all that nonsense, uh, and Jason Rance has some real strong feelings on that. He'll join me later on today, just after 1.30, an hour from now, and share them. Now, first topic at hand, I have to tell you, I, I saw a letter. That was drafted uh, in Washington, D.C. by four, the four, all four, of Utah's House members. Now, it is not often that you see a letter which bears the signature of all four of uh, the House members from, from Utah. Why is that? Well, there are three Republicans and one Democrat, quite often. The priorities of those individuals are not uh, in line, right? There are ideological differences between Republicans and Democrats. (laughs) Fair enough? Okay. So it is not often that they are all together uh, on quite literally here in this letter, the same page. But in this case, they are. And when I see that, when I see all four signatures, it gets my attention. So I pick up this letter uh, and I read it and it is uh, it's in response to a proclamation by the president Uh, the the letter starts this way we write concerning the president's proclamation suspending entry of aliens who present a risk to the u.s labor market following the coronavirus outbreak you got that so there are certain visas available to uh, to those who would like to come here to the united states and enter into the labor market and quite often proclamations like this have unintended consequences And we here, quite specifically in the state of Utah, have a program, a language immersion program, which relies very heavily on just the types of visas which have been suspended by the president uh, in this and via this proclamation. And to get a better understanding of that program, I've invited onto the program Robert Austin with the Utah State Board of Education, who is uh, in large part responsible for the arranging of these visas, coordinating them for teachers to participate in exactly this program, which is the subject of the letter from Utah's House members. Uh, Mr. Austin, how are you, sir?
2: I'm well, and congratulations on that eight-month-old. I think any day is a good day to celebrate a baby.
1: So. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. And it's my first one. Yep. Uh, her smile every day gets me excited. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool thing. Uh, thank you to you for, uh, for for, congratulating her. That's a great thing. W- while I have you, will you tell me about this program, please?
2: Sure. And I do think that you're right when you think about unintended consequences. Um, you know, I mean, the the program is a pretty amazing program. I can remember starting out years ago with us bringing in international teachers and then heading off to the DI trying to help them um, fill their apartments with, you know, whatever they needed for their for their first place. Because what we've got are international teachers who come here to teach in our uh, dual language immersion program, which is a real model for the nation. Dual language immersion is a concept of students spending half a day in a target language and half a day in English, and it's a really beautifully kind of economically sound program, because what happens is the students in the morning switch their teacher in the afternoon, and the teacher who had other students in the morning gets another crop of students in the afternoon. So there's not an increase in the, in the terms of the number of teachers involved. Mm. It's, a, it's a matter of teaching um, Spanish or Portuguese or French or Mandarin in, in elementary schools. Um, in this case now, we're up to 300 public schools in this state where students can get this incredible fluency in a target language um, for not much money. And it's a, pretty, it's a pretty amazing program. We've got about 63,000 kids a year in the DLI program now. Outstanding. So are, are the... you can imagine as, as it grows, we need, we need teachers, and we scour the country for teachers who are fluent in the language. And, I mean, you have to be fluent enough to be able to teach mathematical concepts, but in Portuguese. So it's not just having a passing language Mm -hmm. skill. You've got to be incredibly fluent and be willing to teach. So we have looked everywhere every year for uh, homegrown talent, but we know and we have to rely on international teachers to help grow this program. Um, And so that's where the J-1 visa comes into effect. So every year we bring about 75 teachers from around the world who pack up their families and their kids and their spouses and head off to Utah um, because they know how important language is here. And that's been the program. And so far, it's been amazing. And then this year, in the height of all this other uncertainty, we suddenly have this proclamation that uh, stopped it dead in the tracks.
1: Well, when you first heard that, when you first heard that there was, uh, you know, this proclamation made by the president suspending the entry uh, of those who, you know, otherwise would be coming here on this J-1 visa uh, to participate in this program, wh- what's your first move? Did you pick up the phone and, and call your member of Congress, or did you rant and rave for a little while first? What would you do first?
2: No, we didn't really rant and rave. We kind of heard things might be happening, but I really thought there would be an exception for the teachers. You know, there's... Uh-huh. They're, uh, an exception for uh, critical food workers in the in the proclamation. So I was hoping that, that – te- I, I just was hoping against hope, apparently, that um, we could get that exception. You know, it really – there is a, a national security clause, uh, kind of a caveat in the proclamation, mm-hmm. and we've really tried to make a strong case that – I mean, he, frankly, our national security, you know, when Senator Howard Stevenson, who was a real champion of this program years ago – we talk about the fact that we 've got to be able to have trade negotiation in Mandarin. We have to be able to have students and linguists in the Defense Department in the state Department, and where are they going to come from if we don 't grow that those language skills and so you know the the biggest challenge here, Lee, is that the, the it 's a totally understandable um, to want to protect the domestic job market of course especially as we face these really unprecedented economic uncertainties but in this case the, we're talking about a real handful of teachers who are not competing with anyone else in this country for these positions because they just aren't there otherwise right. we'd hire them right so that's that's the real challenge and we're hoping that we can work with, um, you know, we've had some real, obviously some real leadership from, from our le- uh, legislative delegation. Um, mm-hmm. And we hope that we can just kind of bring cooler heads to bear. I think this is a real unforced error. It doesn't need to happen. Um, it's an, You know, the unintended consequences in this piece, I hope that we can, I hope we can fix it quickly because schools are real really facing incredible uncertainties in the fall already. And now you've got teachers who are going to be teaching in the fall you've got school principals trying to scramble to figure out how they're going to face possibilities of you know a vacancy that they yeah, we're,
1: we're trying to, to we're trying to get hand sanitizer and face masks we shouldn't be stressing right. over visas
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. right right <clears throat>
1: Uh, listen i I hate, to, I hate to cut this conversation short because the program fascinates me. Uh, what is happening right now fascinates me, and I, I, I truly hope that this comes to uh, a good and satisfactory resolution for all involved uh, that of course being the effort and the intention of Utah's House members who have signed a letter, and we'll go through that here in, in just a moment. But, uh, but let me thank you, uh, Mr. Austin, with the Utah State Board of Education for enlightening us, letting us know uh, the gravity of this situation. Uh, ho- hopefully we'll make our way towards a resolution here. Thanks again for your time.
2: You bet. Thank you.
1: Alrighty. A uh, quick break here and I will share with you that letter authored by Utah's delegation as well as a conversation I had, uh, with John Curtis. Representative Curtis here from the state of Utah will share his thoughts on this unintended consequence brought about by a proclamation from the president. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.